to Grazing Hell, the one and only podcast made by a cow. And today I've got a special guest, and that is Alexa Sunshine 83. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I got the Hello. right number, right? I, I got, I was yes, like, yeah, 87? <laughs> no, but yeah. 83, 83. Everyone thinks I was born in 1983. I like, even, I even made a comment about how people think it means the year I was born. And I said, obviously, that's not the year I was born, which of course, like if you were born in that year, like amazing, congratulations <laughs> to you. Um, and people were still like, yeah, you look amazing for your age. And it's like, <laughs> no, no. And like, the thing is, even if I wanted to get rid of the number in the name, like I can't because I have my theme song. And like, oh. it has to have 83 in the theme song. So I'm like, okay, like, you know, whatever. I always think about anytime it's my birthday that like nobody can technically forget my birthday because of August 3rd, 08, 03, 83. Um, So I'm like, okay, like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just keep it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Because if it was 83, you'd be what? 38? Is that the maths? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Probably um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you think for a moment, you're like, oh, is that because you're born? And then I'm like, wait, no, you would be like a baby 38 year old you would be like Benjamin Button you know like yeah yeah you just yeah <laughs> so um I for some reason for ages I kept thinking it was 87 so when I was talking to my friend who you know has watched you for years I was like oh I'm, I'm having Alexa you know sunshine 87 she's like 87 <laughs> and I was like why do I keep saying 87 I don't know why yeah. maybe it's because it's the year my brothers were born so that that number kind of is in my head um mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. it's honestly yeah. like I mean people get the number wrong they get my first name wrong all the time especially because the automatic captions automatically say my name is Alexis and so if I don't go in there and change it and someone's just watching the captions and they're like oh what did she say and it's like oh Alexis sunshine 83 mm. and so I'm like I'll take anything <laughs> yeah 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 do you find um Ever since the Amazon Alexa came out, do people make jokes about Alexa? Just like, oh my gosh, I hate it so much. Like, yeah. you know, obviously I get, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know anyone named Siri, but I don't think I really <laughs> realize how annoying it is to have a name. I mean, probably the same thing as Karen, you know, like mm. when you have that oh, name. God, and so, yeah. you know, there's the, just like here and there jokes, um, the worst one was when I was at Starbucks and I was obviously telling the person my name was Alexa yeah. and this older gentleman right behind me just started laughing. I was like, oh my God. And like he was yelling because he was trying to talk to his wife on the other side of no. the store. He was like, oh my God, I have one of you at home. Alexa, play jazz. And he just was laughing and he was like, honey, her name's Alexa. And it was... That was probably the worst one, but also when I lived with my dad when I was younger, or not younger, but like early 20s, he got an Amazon Alexa. And mm. I mean, like he had he had to change the name because he would be yelling and I'd be like, oh my God, like what's going on? Like what's happening? And he's mm. like, oh, I'm not talking to you. And I'm like, mm. oh, okay. And even like I told my husband, like that's 100%. That's where I draw the line. We never, well... We kind of have an Amazon Alexa right now, but like not really. Um, It's just that he has to use the command for the specific speaker, but we don't have the actual thing. And like, Mm. I'm, I keep telling him like, I can't do it. I just can't. It's like, 
just that one thing that it it's very frustrating <laughs> yeah and it, it's such a it's such a small thing but it mm. but people you know anytime you say your name they're gonna make a joke about it and you're just yeah. like oh like saying you have one of me at home it's just kind of creepy <laughs> Yeah, and also, especially because Alexa is a very, like, normal name, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they should have gone with something, I'm not saying Siri isn't, but, like, I, you don't meet many yeah. series, right? Yeah. Where So it yeah. would have made sense to, like, have a name that would be really Maybe unusual. more, like, yeah, yeah. and may, maybe a little bit more robotic, and I, I understand the whole purpose of yeah. it is for it to be, like, human in a way, which I actually which I find, like, weird. a concept. Yeah, I had a conversation with somebody where I was like, don't you think it's interesting that the, like, automatic tone for Siri, Alexa, literally, Mm. I would say most, you know, um, robot, I don't know what they would be called, assistants, are, usually have a feminine voice, like, don't you think that's Mm. kind of weird? And, like, obviously, you can change it. Of course, they were like, well, what is that, you know, just because it sounds feminine, like, how, why are you assuming it's actual, like, actually feminine I'm like okay touche I will give you that but you know just the whole I guess just idea of you know virtual assistants and all that it's just kind of weird I mean I have a love or hate love hate relationship with Siri um she's you know great sometimes she you know they he whatever she personally feels comfortable I do I did change mine to like a British man voice like I just, of course, it just makes it, it, it makes it so like when they do mess up, it yeah. makes me less angry. And actually, I worked at a specific company that I cannot say that was in technology, and we Ooh, okay. had a speaker that had Siri. And like, gosh, the just terrible things we said to it because it would mess up so many times. Like I feel really bad now because I'm like, okay you know, you see just different movies and different things of, like, you know, when robots then have, like, feelings, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I shouldn't be talking to something like that, but you do kind of take away the emotional aspect of it, Mm. but then you're, like, not supposed to, because that's why they implement the weird, like, replies, where it's like, oh, Mm. I'm having a great day, how are you doing, or something, you know? Sorry, I'm just getting rid of a bug. I am um, oh, no, good. listening. It's just very big. So I thought, I'm going to get oh. off the table. No offense, my yeah. guy. I'm sure you're nice, but very big. I was like, Not I'm here. getting on the camera. Um, yep. That reminds me, because th- we're, we're basically the same age. I think I might be like just under a year mm-hmm. younger than you. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm guessing you used like MSM Messenger, right? At some point. Okay, so like, a- no, weirdly. I oh, think wow. it's because okay. like, I didn't have friends. Um, I was oh, I definitely more. I, still yeah. <laughs> I think it's because at the time of, I would say, I think I was 13 when MySpace really became big. I think I was in middle okay. school. And I, which kind of works perfectly. I was definitely more of like, and even now sometimes um, I am more into like visuals than like talking and replying Mm. and so like my space for me the like visual aspect although very damaging to my self-esteem in the long term um I was very much into like the site models the like aesthetics of it and I was definitely more into that and kind of like I don't know if you like were obviously really into it but they had like bulletin boards where you could just like put your random thoughts and like 
doing random surveys that like nobody really cared about, but you really <laughs> thought that you were important. So it was definitely more kind of in that arena and everything. I was like a diehard MySpace fan. Oh, okay. Because the reason I brought it up is because MSN Messenger kind of, it was like, it had a bot. And I um, thought I was so funny. So I would be like <laughs> saying really terrible things to the bot and the bot <laughs> would just be like, okay, noted and stuff. Because obviously it wouldn't know that you're like saying all these, yeah. you know, vulgar, vulgar things to it. <laughs> and that, that, that was the height of comedy for me when I was like 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but also another thing that was reminded. That's so funny. Um, yeah. Did you ever see the film Her? Is it her? So, yeah, it's her. I never did. I feel like at that point, again, working at the specific technology place, it was like a little bit, I think I was too, yeah, we're like, even anything about technology, I was like, I can't do this because obviously that job was, to an extent, based on like customers was very Mm. abusive. And so I was like, I need to like, when I'm off, I like cannot be like thinking about any of this. Although- Funny enough, I would then be on the technology when I was not at work um, in my free oh, time. But yeah, anyway, same. but I, I never I never saw it. It's very good. But if you find stuff like that creepy, it, it, it will put it will put you into overdrive because it ta- I mm-hmm. mean, I'm sure you've heard a bit about the premise, right? Mm-hmm. Guy has a relationship with an AI. Um, mm-hmm. It's really quite hard to watch, but it's very well done <laughs> and it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very, uh, I, I, to be honest, I mean, it's already, it's probably already happening. I'm sure there's lots of people oh, in relationships yeah. with AIs. And, yeah, you know, have you, exactly, I'm like, yeah, 100%. It's like, you know, obviously, Siri to an extent is always there for me. And I, you know, I do appreciate, <laughs> I do appreciate it sometimes. I yeah. Have you um, watched Westworld on HBO? No, I haven't, but I know of it and it looks good. Yeah. It's on my list. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that idea, I mean, it definitely, like, is a lot. I mean, I want, if you watch Game of Thrones, obviously, like, that kind I've of actually never watched realm. It. And I only watched technically half because my husband had already watched it. And then the last episode came out and he, like, watched it. And then he came out to me. And he's like, you can't finish it. Like, it's not worth it. Just stop. And I was like, oh, okay. Um but Westworld, like, I, I did really enjoy specifically the first season. So I think the mm. last season I, I didn't end up finishing watching. But it was, like, the idea of, like, AI and, like, robots. And, you know, to an extent is very much in a real sense of, like, when I've gone to Disneyland and you look at the robots of, like, you know, being people. In the back of my head, I'm like, you know, we may get to a point where you really are instilling, like, very humanistic, like, feelings and, like, what are the ethics around that? Like what we do to robots, we feel better about because they're not real, but like, does it help taking out, you know, those feelings on the robot? Does it help you not take it out on actual people? Like there's just such a rabbit Mm. hole, you know, with all of that. Well, exactly. And I mean, I won't get into it too deep because it's quite dark, but there's whole questions, (laughs) notions of like Mm -hmm. people with like certain sexual diseases or, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but you know, people that want things that are not good, uh, put like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. let's just, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And a question of whether them using like mm-hmm. robots or dolls would mm-hmm. help. 
And mm-hmm. for me, it's like, well, if no harm is being done to real humans, then I'd much rather that. But then I'm like, would it actually help? That's the question. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it doesn't mm-hmm. help, then what good yeah. is it actually doing? Is it just like for the manufacturers to make money from yeah. making yeah. said product? And if it mm-hmm. doesn't actually mm-hmm. help people with how they engage with other people, then, mm-hmm. Eh, mm-hmm. you know, hundred percent. I, I suppose I, I don't know enough about this kind of type of yeah. thing to, who knows, maybe psychologists will know this yeah. and maybe, I don't know, but it is very interesting. Um, on a completely mm-hmm. different note, I realized we're about <laughs> 14 minutes in and I haven't yeah. got you to introduce yourself. I'm sure a lot of people oh, listening yes. know you, but just in case they don't, do you want to tell us about who you are, what you do, all that fun stuff? Yeah. Well, hello, uh, Alexa Sunshine 83. My name's Alexa, obviously. <laughs> um, I have my channel where I have a main focus on thrifting, secondhand clothing, a lot of times like styling secondhand clothing, sustainable fashion. I do a little, well, I've been trying to add more different like lifestyle based on there, but like a summary of my channel is very much about like inspiring people to shop secondhand um, just for the ethical and sustainable aspects, but obviously in a very like fun way. Um, I keep it very like lighthearted because, you know, somebody seeing someone find an amazing piece at the thrift store is much more likely to go down to the thrift store because they saw someone um, than going to the mall like in a more positive light. So yeah, I just, I guess the summary would be, you know, inspiring people to thrift. So Anything thrifting related and secondhand fashion is kind of what I do. <laughs> Love it. So you've been on mm-hmm. YouTube a while. I looked at your, ch- I don't know how long you've been posting, but um, mm-hmm. you, your channel was created in 2014, right? So mm-hmm. I've privated a lot of videos. Uh, and, okay, you know, yeah, I, I, I thought... yeah. And, and I know like some people really like having their older videos up just because I think it shows, especially when you've been doing it a long time. I think it shows a lot of times another avenue because obviously people that have only been on it for a year and they like blow up within a couple months it can it gives that aspect of like oh if I start YouTube I'm gonna blow up in a couple months and for some people that just doesn't happen and I'm definitely Mm -hmm. one of those people and so just the beginning of my channel was uh I have it still all um you know on my channel to where I can see it which I really enjoy to be able to look back very very cringe um but I, yeah, I started in 2014 after I had stopped doing acting. So I used, I mean, I, w- I haven't been in anything literally like from, I was at the beginning stages, um, but I had been doing that a couple of years in acting, driving to LA, which I live sometimes like three hours. It can take three hours with traffic away. And so like growing up, um, I did that. I was driving to LA doing acting realized it was a really terrible uh industry especially as a woman and especially Mm. as a blonde woman it's very you know you just get typecasted as the dumb blonde and I was I did a short film one time where it was like yeah you're you're just a bimbo like you know and it, it just made me obviously like those things can be fun and you know I totally get it but when it's every mm. single thing that you're being thrown at you and I just got to a point where I was like I just want to be myself like I'm so sick of being somebody that someone else wants me to be and obviously there's just been you know uncomfortable things as well being you know you're put into that position of you need to make the person 
want to hire you, you know, whatever that Ooh. looks like. So it can just be an uncomfortable time. So I ended up quitting when I was 19 and then started my channel. And it was very like, you know, the typical things, makeup, which I was terrible at, fashion, which was all like Forever 21. At that time, I actually had started working at a, it's similar to the name Forever 22. Um, of where I worked, uh, just for like specific reasons, not to say the exact name, um, but yeah, I worked there. <laughs> yes, ooh, um, I worked there, and at that time I was watching, you know, Zoella, Bethany Moda, and I was kind of like, oh, well, I, you know, I like being on camera, that was never my issue, I just wanted to be myself, so I was like, I'll just start my YouTube channel. Actually, my mom was the one that uh, said I should start one, and actually a month before I started posting was when I thought about my theme song and like my name. So I like, I had my theme song. I had like, I mean, I've been calling my viewers sunshiners ever since I even had like one subscriber. I was like, hey, sunshiners. Like I just kind of went just like full on into it. Um, and so it was definitely very lighthearted and of what I was doing. I, it wasn't very consistent. Like everything that they tell you now to do I didn't do, mm. you know, and I just did the fast fashion hauls and that kind of thing. Um, and it ended up, I think it wasn't until the end of 2017 or like the beginning of 2018 is where, if you go on my channel, what the videos are, because mm. basically the end of 2017, I made a pact where it was like, I'm going to really, cause I'd made one thrift with me before then mm. that's, you, you can't see it on my channel. And people really liked it. And I was like, what? Like, because I had seen Conan Gray, Best Dress, if you're kind of in the thrifting realm, like mm. those were kind of the beginning like pillars. Not that they had thrifting channels, but they did thrifting videos. And mm -hmm. before that, I very much shopped uh, at, you know, fast fashion places. And it wasn't until I got into minimalism, funny enough. I went and I, I think it's even on my channel. I, or still is it? I don't even know where, maybe it is a little bit, where I was like, I'm going to be a minimalist because at that time, like fashion and all that was never like a positive thing. I definitely have gone through my own struggles of like confidence and I just found myself buying from fast fashion companies and feeling nothing. And so minimalism was actually a really great way to like kind of stop that and start from the beginning of like neutrals and black and white and like focusing on what I had and that kind of thing. Um, but from there, somebody recommended that I watch the True Cost documentary. And it just mm. like, something like clicked in my mind. And I was like, Oh, my God, like, because I mean, minimum minimalism is great and everything. But like, at heart, I'm not a minimalist. Um, so when I was kind of in that, Same. you know, phase, there was like, Okay, this is great. I'm not checking, you know, boohoo every day. But I still love clothes. Like, I still love the idea of clothes and, like, expressing yourself. And so mm. learning about the true cost documentary, documentary sustainable fashion, thrifting, because, you know, growing up, I definitely was in a privileged, like, financially situation where, you know, I mean, I still shopped mainly fast fashion and cheaper prices, um, but, like, Nordstrom's, and I didn't really ever come into contact with thrifting at all like I didn't even know of goodwill and that kind of thing mm. um and even now like family members still look down upon me because I do thrift 
like secondhand. Um, wow. It's definitely just a really a really weird realm of it too. Um, and so yeah, I had never been really in contact with it, and so that whole thing just like changed my life and still that journey from like that point of watching the true cost documentary to like beginning 2018 that was a whole um journey but all of a sudden I was like I'm gonna start doing thrifting videos like people do thrift with me they talk about secondhand fashion I you know at that time was still in the beginning but like it definitely changed so much about myself I think not only in like the fashion sense of not you know, shopping fast fashion as much, especially at that time. Um, but I think just caring about people, like I, I know it sounds sometimes really bad when I say it out loud of like, oh, you know, I never really thought where do my clothes come from? But when you really learn about it and you're like, oh my God, the things I personally do, cause you know, you can be very much in your own bubble. The things that I personally do affect other people and what I purchase. And I think also you can relate to this. I and I don't like to call myself vegan because sometimes it opens up a, a can of worms, but I have not yeah. eaten meat um, for four years. And even that, like that was a big deal for me of like, oh, let me stop and think, where does my food come from? And like, mm. those are the questions that like, I mean, obviously if you, if you can't, I think just having the awareness of like, how can I be better? And that kind of thing, yeah. whether or not you buy fast fashion or don't buy fast fashion, like at the end of the day, it's all about like, what are small changes I can do, even, you know, talking about like zero waste and low waste and all that kind of thing. Um, the true cost documentary definitely like made me have those thoughts more often. And at that point, I was like, I need to share this with people like that really sad feeling of like hating the way that you dress. And when I worked at forever 22 uh I was made fun of by other employees and managers I had a manager that basically told me I shouldn't like dress the mannequins how I dress because like it's ugly and so like going shopping secondhand it was like oh my because I mean I would have to agree to an extent of like I didn't know what I was wearing like really I have no idea what I was putting on my body um, I, at the same time, like nobody should ever say that to anyone, but shopping secondhand, it was the first time where I kind of stopped and was like, oh my God, like, what do I like? How do I want to be perceived? How do I, and not even like, what do I want to cover? Or like, what do I want to hide? It's like, no, like, what do I want to show? And in my teenage years, I was like a scene kid. So like big hair tight skinny jeans I wore mostly black and at that point it was more about like not showing who I was mm. whereas at that point I was like oh my god like I want to show who I am and like just that whole like aspect of it and so that's why then I just kind of shifted to um secondhand because I wanted to share it with people and like I mean it literally did change my life to the point where now it's my full-time job, which is um, pretty crazy. And I think within secondhand and thrifting, it's definitely been a roller coaster. It wasn't like I made thrifting videos and everything like changed. I think from the videos that are still up, because by the beginning of 2018, I've kept most of those videos up. Some of them like I still did an Amazon bathing suit haul, you know, like I did a Shein one and that kind of thing. And I privated those, not because... I mean, to an extent, I'm ashamed, but at the same time, like, 
I don't want people to watch that and think, oh, she supports that because, I mean, I've already talked about it, but people get served, you know, older videos of yours sometimes. So I kind of wanted to be like, if this isn't going to help anyone, then like if I'm, you know, honest about my fast fashion, fast fashion past, then like I feel like that's, you know, enough versus keeping something that's promoting like specifically buying clothes on Amazon when, you know, at the end of the day, everyone, you know, can do whatever they personally feel comfortable with. But like, I don't want that to be part of like my message. Um, mm. So it's definitely been, again, a journey. And like, I think through recent years, there's been a lot of conversations about like thrifting, sustainable fashion, positives and negatives. And I think in the beginning, and obviously, like, I'm totally part of this, you know, issue of like, a lot of people that did watch fast fashion hauls or were part of fast fashion hauls like filmed them and moved to thrifting a lot of the same um habits bled into thrifting which yes buying secondhand is obviously better like I think we can all agree that it's definitely better but at the same time like I mean I was thrifting multiple times a week which like is great like I love thrifting like there's nothing wrong with that but like I did a thrift with me every single week for like two years and it wasn't until you know the past year and not being able to go to thrift stores where I was like oh my god like I can't do that and you know as bad as it seemed in the beginning of like not being able to obviously do the biggest thing that like brings me money on my channel um mm. it helped me have a better thought process when it comes to thrifting and like learning about different you know issues within thrifting and sustainable fashion and how I can hopefully be a better influence even in that aspect because inspiring people to shop secondhand is amazing obviously but I think you know just and like just doing thrift hauls every single week filled with like 20 pieces or 30 pieces like it can be a lot you know and I think that kind of takes away sometimes the message of thrifting of like you know have stuff that makes you happy but like when you're buying so much like I cannot deny I have thrifted stuff that I didn't like because I needed it for the video for the haul you know and like right. I just don't I don't want to be that and I don't want to do that and that's like an ongoing struggle of mine sometimes because you are in that space and like people want the hauls they want the thrift with me and you're like okay I, I want to give you what you want but at the same time like I have to be honest with myself and also make stuff that I feel like is adding something positive to the mix. So I feel like the past year and a half, I, my channel has grown to just not be thrift with me's. Um, mm. Obviously, I still have to do, I do them and I, I try to have the conversation within them of like, you know, when I go thrifting, if there's something that, you know, I do really like, but I know in my heart, I'm not going to get the wear that it deserves. I like to talk about it to be like, hey, I like this, but I'm going to put it back so somebody else can find it because that may make their day. And like, that's kind of like a nice thought that someone's going to walk in and see that and be like, oh my God, like that's my dream top, you know? Obviously, I then buy the things that I know 100% I'm going to wear and like, I try to be as intentional as possible. Sometimes it's hard balancing all of that and I think there's a lot of deaths within thrifting and sustainable fashion that you know you have to kind of maneuver as well because 
especially as somebody that does love thrifting and does love making thrift with me is you have to find a way to do it where you're hopefully not you know encouraging something that down the line may be you know negative and I think we are seeing from like other commentary channels um like I know Tiffany Ferg had done a video like mm. I think like two years ago kind of about thrifting and like as mm. the thrifting influencer is coming up and then also Shan Spear did one on the gentrification of Depop and like mm. I think it's amazing we're having these conversations because in the beginning of the thrifting influencer I think it was just so much pushed of like how many things I mean to an extent very similar to like Shein hauls how many things can I get for a cheap price you know versus mm. like I love every single thing in this in this haul that I'm going to wear, you know? Um, so, I mean, definitely a little bit of a, of a deep conversation, but within my channel, I feel like I'm trying to find a way to have a mix and not just do thrift hauls and try to show like, oh, you know, this piece I thrifted, I can wear it these many ways. And like, if you buy something, you should have the ability to wear it in multiple ways. So you can have it, you know, forever. Well, that reminds me actually, because I watched a, I rewatched a video of yours uh, recently and it was all about like your issues with the sustainable fashion movement, because I think obviously you are uh, pro the sustainable fashion movement. I, I yeah. don't want to make it sound oh, yeah, like you're 100%. saying, I'm leaving the movement. <laughs> yeah, but like, definitely um, a little, a little clickbait. That's like the only real <laughs> clickbait I've ever done. But I mean, you know, yeah. no, you got it though. You got to get them clicks. Um, yeah. And I think that's something we are all finding whether it's veganism, whether it's sustainable fashion, whether it's fucking, I don't know, socialism, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, there's like, it's really hard um, to be quote unquote perfect, pure, mm -hmm. whatever the word you want to put is, unproblematic. Like, mm -hmm. I guess my question would be like, at what point did you, what what was it that really sparked you to make that video? What was it, what, what was it at the point where you were like, oh God, this is just like, too much I I can't be this perfect sustainable human because mm -hmm. none of us can really yeah a hundred percent and I think in the beginning unfortunately and I I feel like if you've ever been part of any movement in the beginning sometimes you do get this level of like you look at other people and you feel inferior you feel like oh, I'm doing this. I'm so like higher than, I don't take fast fashion sponsorships. I like, I only thrift. And um, in the beginning, I definitely like put myself on a pedestal. And through that of like being very focused on like thrifting, 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 that's like, nothing can be problematic about it. It's amazing. It's great. And then as I started to grow, and I mean, like, I'm very lucky compared to a lot of even my friends or even I'm sure commentary channels like I do not get honestly mean comments like I'm so so lucky but I started to notice I want to say it was like the end of 2019 I started getting comments you know saying that like number I mean there's obviously constructive criticism is important and there's been a lot of changes I've personally made with construction constructive criticism I cannot talk I know constructive criticism yeah um where it's like really helped change the way that I I do shop and I do you know think and I do certain things but I think the issue I found is I started getting comments saying that like I 
you know, I am thrifting too much, which like totally get it. But then I would get other comments that it would be like, if I said my shoes were new or, you know, I buy Doc Martens or something, um, it would be like, you should have thrifted those. Like, it was very much like either pro-pro thrifting or like anti-thrifting. And from that, as time went on, it went from like, you should only thrift 100%. There's nothing problematic about it, which again, I think that's um, where my mindset was at in the beginning as well. But then it would be like, okay, if you are only thrifting, you can't buy sustainable and ethical companies because you should only be thrifting. But then you would buy from, then you would do like a sustainable and ethical like fashion video. And it would be like, you would either get praised, told to buy secondhand, told that you're promoting elitism and like you're a terrible person and like you're not relatable. Or then I would get, I should be shopping fast fashion. And as time went on, I just started noticing that it, like any video, honestly, in general, especially when it came to shopping, would be filled with comments that contradict, contradict each other, where it was getting honestly very overwhelming. And unfortunately, I'm a very much like a people pleaser. I just care so much about my channel and my viewers that I feel you. when I didn't <laughs> when I didn't have as many subscribers, it was, you know, very easy to have people that say positive things. But now these people are saying negative things and saying that I um, shouldn't have thrifted or, oh my God, I should have have bought that, that shirt at the thrift store, but I didn't buy. Like, people get angry, like angry because mm -hmm. I didn't thrift something. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I wasn't going to wear it. And yeah, just like the comments just started getting more and more and they started getting more detailed as well. And I think that's where it started breaking where it was just like, there is truth within every comment. And I think that's why, I mean, I was gonna make that video, honestly, in 2020, like, but I didn't have um, the confidence to do it at that time. And actually right before um, lockdown happened in 2020, I was going to stop doing as many thrift hauls and I was gonna shift my thrift with me's where, I would more show things in the dressing rooms and not do a haul. And that was honestly mm. my whole goal for 2020. And then funny enough, uh, now yeah. I can't go into the dressing rooms even at all. So trying to yeah. even shift that, but I was already thinking about how me um, thrifting could be seen as a negative and a positive. And it just then got to a point where I was really, really depressed at the end of 2020, even before I had COVID. Um, I think that was almost like, just like the unfortunately like cherry on top that just like blew everything up where I, especially at that point, like I couldn't do the same thrift with me's that I used to do where I, now I had to buy stuff. So now I was getting even more comments about, you know, people being angry about me, you know, buying so much, which I get and like, Again, I think that's where I struggle is like, I want to agree and then also say my point, but at the end of the day, like people are gonna take it however they want. And it just started getting really overwhelming, the amount of comments of even people fighting with each other of like, oh, like you shouldn't be thrifting it. It's not for you, stop promoting it, stop doing this. And then a comment being like, what are you talking about? Anyone can thrift and it just started becoming really toxic and so, I think I knew for my mental to health that I needed to finally like talk about it. Um, 
especially because it is such a like struggling and difficult thing where there isn't a right answer honestly and I think that's where it finally hit me is like no matter what I do specifically in the sustainable fashion movement you're going to be told it's wrong like at the end of the day and you know I don't do it as much anymore but I used to feel like I had to put a disclaimer of like I understand the most sustainable option is to not purchase because then it would be like oh the most sustainable option is to buy secondhand and then there would be a comment that would be like actually no it's to not buy at all you shouldn't be buying at all and like I think if you're watching YouTube you know there's it's difficult because like it is especially in the thrifting and fashion realm obviously there's thrifters and people that don't focus on buying new or like buying even secondhand it's more of like what you can do with your closet but like to tell everyone to just stop doing hauls like altogether 100% just stop like it's just not realistic so like how can agree, we change yeah. the way that we present the idea and so like making that video was really scary because I think anytime you talk out about the negatives within a movement people are automatically going to discount it and I think especially mm. in the sustainable fashion movement we should be talking about the negatives with it as well and how it affects other people because I think saying that because even in that video again like saying that there is gentrifying within thrifting like there there is there's different aspects within it and I think that's a deeper discussion but me saying that like I cannot tell you how many I mean that entire comment section is filled with people like contradicting each other like I think and that's why I kind of love the video because that video the comments perfectly show the issues and my issues with the sustainable fashion movement and honestly like being on YouTube like people give you a constructive like criticized like comment whether they say it in a good way or not they give it to you thinking that their thought is 100% the only thought that should matter and it's mm, like mm -hmm. you may think that but there's somebody right under you that also thinks that that is saying a completely different opinion and to then be mad at the creator for not choosing your opinion as now their opinion when that doesn't make any sense because there's so many opinions on it like we have to shift through of what we personally feel for us is right or makes us feel comfortable and I think exactly. the comment section perfectly says that I mean I get people that comment like oh my god I'm so happy you talked about this like gentrifying and thrift stores and secondhand fashion and all that like I appreciate you just even being aware of how you could impact something like that and then you get another comment that says I'm stupid and I don't know what gentrifying is but based on the way that I talked about it which also I like didn't say I was an expert or anything I just kind of mentioned it but like no matter what like you really are just never gonna win and I think especially in the sustainable fashion movement you you will not win because everyone has a different kind of thought process of what that means to them I mean I still get comments on there like every day that tell me to like stop caring about what people say and then other ones that say I should be talking about it more or other ones that tell me to stop doing hauls or stop doing this and it's you know it is really overwhelming to get all these different opinions that are so different and trying to be like this is my opinion and this is how I'm gonna live my life and 
I think, unfortunately, I would hope that that video would have helped me feel more confident in the decisions I make within it of like my channel. But unfortunately, like I still, you know, I get those thoughts and I try to remember that video of like, you just can't make people happy, you know, you and really like you have can't. to be okay with that. And you like sometimes, can't. especially when it comes to thrifting, sometimes putting too many disclaimers about it does you more harm than good because then people take that as a way to then attack you for giving that disclaimer. Like I made right, yeah. one, um, I made one on cottagecore. Like I would, I thrifted um, a cottagecore mystery box, like a very lighthearted thing. But like I have seen other commentary channels talking about, you know, within every aesthetic, I think there's a problematic, you know, thing in it. You know, whether that mm. means if we should dress that way or not, I think that's a personal decision. And I think mm. at the end of the day, like, again, depending on what it is, like it is just clothes. And I think you just being aware of how potentially it has dark past or something like that, I think is important. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, but my God, the comments, because I talked about just some uh, commentary within Cottagecore and like, different potential problematic things that the core has to it because I, I think okay I like exactly obviously I'm not aware of this um I think like the a lot of like colonialism like based on potentially like romanticization and again I think oh, you I think when somebody tells you that and you dress that way you do become defensive because you're like oh I don't believe in that and it's like obviously like I don't think you believe in that but I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, knowing the negatives or, like, the cons. Yeah. But then people took it as, like, with knowing that, now you're dressing like that and you're promoting that you are okay with that thinking. And, like, again, it's just, like, you can never win. You're, like, I'm just trying to give you're another perspective. And, and there's actually a Instagram account that's called, um, like it's either called like cottagecore black girls or like I think they actually recently changed it so it wasn't it was more inclusive to different genders um where it's uh like black people dressing in cottagecore because I mean okay. this is another it's another co conversation about like Pinterest and aesthetics where it is very whitewashed mm. and um there was an article where actually the person that runs that Instagram account had talked about how you know there are levels of like how sometimes cottage core can, again, with colonialism, like for her as a black woman dressing in that way is a way to rewrite, re rewrite kind of the history, especially because at that time of when potentially that style was very popular, slavery was happening. Right. Okay. So it, it's her way of like rewriting and like being able to take hold of that narrative and I mm. it's a very beautiful like way of looking Reclaiming at it and I talked it. about it yeah 100% mm. and I talked about it and people got so angry and I'm like okay I'm not saying that you can't dress that way I just think it's important and like especially with this girl's you know story like what's wrong with promoting that story it's a beautiful story and everything and so again like you just can never win and I think that's where that video came from I go back and forth if I want to make a follow-up because I think it's been like eight months since I made that video and I think when I made it like I was so scared I was so so scared I was gonna like people were gonna like hate me 
Um, and luckily, again, there are some like pretty nasty comments on there, but like overall, I think mm. it did more positive than negative. Um, but I go back and forth because I'm like, I don't really have too much of a different perspective still. Like, I, I don't think there's really a resolution that I got from it. I think if anything, it showed me even more so that everything I was saying was true as to like how you just can never win. I think I would like to redo the video in a more confident sense because I, I I was like almost on the verge of tears because it, it was so scary. Um, oh but I, yeah, I think it, I do like, I, lately it's been getting like more views and I'm like, oh, like it is mm. kind of scary when that happens because you're like, okay, like what are the opinions going to be on this now? But again, I think especially as they come. that is part of the movement, like I think at the end of the day, like it's a good conversation to have and like how you affect no matter what um, community you're in, whether it's positive or negative and like what are things that you can do better. And I think sometimes in my head, I'm like, I just want to quit thrifting, doing hauls. I don't want to talk about fashion anymore because it, it becomes so stressful. But like, I do love thrifting and I do, I love the comments that tell me that because of me, they started going thrifting. Like, that's amazing. Like, to see that somebody went to a thrift store instead of a mall and like had a positive experience, like that is amazing. And any type of small change anyone can do is great. And I think mm. seeing value, no matter what, as long as it's not damaging, obviously, mm. seeing that value and what you do is making a difference to people. Like you just kind of have to drown it out and like know who you are. Again, taking in everything that is actually important like intentional shopping as much as I can and you know just all of those depths I think there are just so many little rabbit holes within it that you just kind of have to like stop sometimes and be like I, I can only focus on that you know exactly another video of yours I watched um rewatched recently you know I like to prepare myself for my interviews have them fresh mm -hmm. in my mind um <laughs> is that it was one about like uh there were a couple, but the one about your style evolution, but particularly the one about like kind of the emotional baggage behind it. And I just found it so fascinating. Um, and obviously, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but in short, you you were kind of saying along the lines that, you know, you have recently gravitated to more quote unquote feminine style and more uh, colorful styles mm -hmm. because in the past you felt kind of like... Uh, what's the word you didn't have the confidence or like and also mm -hmm. it was also the thing I found really interesting was that you were saying that you wanted to avoid being sexualized and I just mm -hmm. thought that was so interesting because I think a lot of people can relate to that so yeah let's talk about that tell me tell me about yeah. that tell me about that video tell yeah us about it. that was like another one that I was you know really scared to talk about and I don't think I honestly really realized that I had been like pushing myself away from so many, I mean, I think it comes back to the misogynistic of like, unfortunately, when I was a teenager, I really had in my head of like, I don't want to be like other girls. Like, I don't want to like dress in a girls. feminine way like other girls. Like, yeah. oh God, just like, I was one of those terrible, too, like, cringe. Worry. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, you know, I think at first it was that, but then as I, you know, kind of, started growing up like I and I don't want to get too deep but like there was an instance mm. where you know 
I didn't want somebody to obviously like touch me and everything and so I my way to deal with that was to make it so they wouldn't want to touch me and like the best way to do that was to go the opposite of like feeling like a woman and so I you know there's different and within that video I kind of talk about of like my eating disorder and all that where it I just really wanted to flatten out completely and only wear t-shirts only baggy clothes to just cover like my body and I I don't think I realized that until like a year or two ago I really just thought mm. like oh well like I love wearing baggy clothes and obviously I do but then I think when I started getting into thrifting and the biggest instance was I started wearing light colored jeans which seems so harmless light colored jeans it's not a big deal but for me having something where like you could see especially high-waisted and like something tucked in mm. you could then see you know that outline of my body and that was a yeah, very scary gonna, yeah. thing and so like working through of like oh like I you know I'm not gonna think about how you know people will or men specifically mm. will perceive me like at the end of the day you really learn that no matter what you're wearing like you're gonna get catcalled like uh -huh. it literally does not matter and so In sweatpants you a hundred percent like when you're just I mean I remember an instance where I was at the mall with my stepmom and I was a kid like I was maybe oh, 10 years God. old and I was walking and there was a group of guys and this guy literally whispered in my ear and I was wearing like pajamas like and he said like hottie or something and oh, I disgusting. like you just feel like your body you just get the chills and you're like and I'm sure in that guy's mind he thought like I probably made her feel so good about herself when like actually no you made me feel worse about myself and I think realizing that no matter what you're gonna get kind of those comments no matter no matter what and leaning into mm. like oh it's okay to be feminine it's okay to have curves and not that I even really honestly even have curves but like even the idea of wearing like a proper bra which like not that I love bras or anything but like even <laughs> having something that potentially would outline that area was really scary to me um like I used to wear you know stuff that would like completely flatten it out just so then mm. I wouldn't you know be perceived that way and it's definitely been a journey and I think even sometimes I still try to like revert back of like oh just want to wear something that covers my body especially when I go thrifting by myself um I, you know, I go to stores that are quite far from where I live. Like, I would say most of the thrift stores I go to when I film a thrift with me are about two hours away. And oh, especially wow. if I'm going to it, especially if I'm going to a new one, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't go at night or anything. And, you know, all the things that as women, we have to keep in our minds to make sure Ugh, we don't get yeah. attacked or, but unfortunately that doesn't stop people, but, you know. I do a lot of times dress still very like covered when I go thrifting because I am scared that number one I don't want to draw attention to myself because I have a I have like a camera in my yeah. hand and I'm talking to myself that's like that's enough but also number two like I don't want you know men to look at me men to say stuff to me like it it literally just makes me want to completely like be invisible and I think within thrifting and actually because of the like pandemic I had to do a lot of like creative video ideas like styling videos and 
mystery box videos and thrift swaps with my friends who dress very differently to me, it really inspired me and honestly changed my style because I would have never tried that stuff on my own because mm. I would have been too scared of like looking like a woman or like just any of that type of stuff. Whereas now it's like even a puff sleeve blouse, like that's a big deal. Like I was very much like anti it is great. Kind of that style <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah, it just makes you feel, and it, it literally just makes me feel so much more powerful to feel comfortable in like my own skin and then also dress how I want to dress without thinking oh no like what's a man gonna say to me today or you know exactly. luckily I, I do live in a suburban town um and I know a lot of people that live in like LA they have you know they have to be more aware there I have a one friend where this guy on the bus tried to like take photos up her skirt and like her telling him to stop people around her were like getting upset at her for like making a scene and she was like what the what? fuck like is that illegal in the US because in the UK it was um, made illegal in mm -hmm. a couple years ago I would hope so I don't know the specifics um, I might I mean, google I, it I hope so yeah I am gonna google it, it you know it's it, it is really terrible and I I mean, anytime I go to LA, like that's even another level of like, I have to be aware, oh, especially because I'm going alone and like, you know, kind of all that kind of stuff. But I think because I wasn't leaving the house, it made me mm. be able to dress the way that I want, no matter what, because nobody was going to see me. Like my cats and my husband were going to see me, you know? So like, I yeah. think that really, really helped. Okay. Unfortunately... It is not illegal oh. in all states. It is, it's, uh, it's, it, where is it still legal? Okay. Um, Which, like, why would that even be illegal? Oh, well, sometimes makes no sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it's unsurprising, the correlations mm -hmm. there. Basically, there was a case in 2016, a man in Georgia did it. And a court said they can't prosecute him because it's not actually technically illegal. So yeah, and so it you know nice. it's just stuff like that where <laughs> you're like, oh okay, great. And Amazing. again, I think also also like even kind of my partner, like him, obviously is treating me with respect. I mean, when we first met, I was like anti love. I unfortunately and I look back to this again and cringe I really like romanticize the idea of like not being able to be in love I was like yes. love doesn't exist I cannot like I'm gonna be alone forever but like in a positive I way like, I, yeah yeah and so like, like he obviously cool. has I, I was totally that person. yeah Don't worry. <laughs> um and so like he definitely I mean he's changed me or not changed but like helped me work through a lot of trauma yeah. and a lot of issues and I think specifically he's been able because he's like obviously dress however you want I don't care mm. but he even you know has said like it's amazing to see you wear things that do make you happy and you can tell that mm. you're not wearing it to hide and I think I'm now just at a point where I'm like I just I want to be a butterfly and I want to like truly just wear whatever makes me happy whether that's I mean I like thrifted like a ball gown and I'm like, what if I just wore that to the grocery store? Like I could do that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think it, the important message behind this as well is that it doesn't really matter what the clothes are as long as if they're true to you. Cause I think, I feel like mm -hmm. I had the opposite where when I was mm. younger, especially as a teenager and in my early twenties, I would dress 
really overtly feminine even though it didn't really feel like me so for example like Mm -hmm. growing up I was really insecure about the fact that I have small boobs and I would wear really tight tops to like make my boobs look bigger like wear you know all the fucking shape bras Mm -hmm. and shit and because I was just really wanted to be like oh I just really want to accentuate my figure because I hate being called flat-chested and stuff Mm -hmm. but now Uh, I'm like Itty bitty titty Titty community. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And like now I feel most me when I'm wearing like a shirt or like a baggy t-shirt and like some corduroy trousers. Like I don't really like skirts. Um, Mm -hmm. I like how they look, but just wearing them, like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And like trainers and that kind of thing, like more sort of street style, maybe like I don't want to say masculine, but just not very feminine, like, you know, Mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. feels more true to me. And I, you know, interestingly, it was like when I dressed feminine, it was like I was trying to like be pretty and like fulfill Mm -hmm. that beauty standard. Whereas now I'm like, you know what? I, it just isn't me, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's like, and that's, yeah, mm -hmm. like I love it on other people, but it just, I like baggy. Mm -hmm. I like not wearing a bra. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like sometimes, again, I think I did this where like, if you don't wear something like a specific style, people automatically think it's because you are insecure with your body. And it's like, you know, like, again, you can wear whatever the heck you want, no matter shape, body size, you know, sex, anything. Mm -hmm. But like, if you just don't like a style, it has nothing to do with, and I used to get really down about myself, especially yeah. with like having like a fashion channel where like everyone's wearing um like the American apparel tennis skirt. Like I really was like, what is wrong with me? Everyone wears it. I should be wearing mm. it. Like I then almost made it about insecurity and I was like, oh my God, I just don't like it on myself. Like what an epiphany. You can just not like something on yourself but appreciate it but just not like it on you you know and I think exactly what you said a bigger a bigger lesson to it of like number one we shouldn't be talking about how other people dress and we should literally just focus on ourselves you know exactly and I think also that's the thing I I said that because I was like this is true to me but I know that naturally some people might hear that and think oh you're saying that it's like bad to be feminine and I'm like no I love like feminine clothes I think they're fantastic yeah and like there's an occasion for them and I think in my videos Mm -hmm. I do dress up quite a lot I like I hire dresses and stuff and that that one like puffy one oh my god like um gorgeous yeah love that yeah I forgot I forgot the band or the brand but I follow them on Instagram Olivia Rose and when I like oh just so beautiful I was and and I think that's and that's the thing is like I think when you whether it's that or a button-up shirt or corduroys or like jeans or anything like that when you put on an item that makes you feel the most you it like Mm. literally transforms like I have Mm. a slip dress it's like I had thrifted it from Etsy um for a wedding dress video um I Mm. ended up obviously not wearing it but like And again, it's not the most wearable item, but like I put it on and I think that was probably one of the first instances where the the idea of the dress is very feminine. It is very like luxurious feminine of like the cut of being like low cut. And it would be something two years ago I would have never worn because of kind of those Mm -hmm. in my mind, the implications. 
but I like put it on and I was like, I've never felt the most me in my entire life. Yeah. You know, and you just start then realizing and that's why I always do really love like finding your style videos because it's number one, it's very personal to you. And then also like mm -hmm. number two, like when you really break down, like, okay, I like tops. Okay. What does that mean? Like what kind of silhouette makes you feel the best? What kind of like even a, sp um, not spaghetti strap, but like a strap. There's so many different size straps that really do make a difference within your confidence. Sometimes having a smaller strain make, make you feel uncomfortable. Sometimes having almost like the fettuccine noodle one that's like a little bit thicker, <laughs> that may make you feel the best because of the way that, you know, of what you personally feel to like highlight on your body. And I think that's kind of like the cool part when you're able to kind of dress how you want, you know? And that's a, a deeper question that will always change, like will always evolve. Cause sometimes when I talk about finding your style, people will be like, well, I'm this age and like your style is gonna change. And it's like, well, duh, of course it's going to change. Mm. Like that's the amazing part, you yeah. know? Exactly. And I, uh, interestingly, I found um, you said in one of your videos, maybe it was the same video, but you were saying that like you really found confidence when you cut your hair and stuff. And I just yes. related to oh. that so much because mm -hmm. I felt like I always had long hair because it was the done thing to do and it would hide your face and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then when you cut it, you're like, no, you can oh see my, my face. Yeah. This is me. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, what, yeah. What's so crazy is like, I can tell you my entire life, my... I mean, obviously I've been insecure in different ways within like my body. And I think most people unfortunately can relate, but like specifically mm. my face, I hated. And so, I mean, I'm wearing clip and hair extensions now. They're basically the same length as my hair. It just makes it easier for my natural hair. So I don't put heat on it because I am trying to grow it because I I've never, great. thank you. Yeah, I've never I've actually had, thanks. I've never actually had long hair in my entire life. Um, so this mm. is like a really big deal to try to actually grow it myself because it's it's always been short, but like not short, short. So mm. in in kind of perfectly aligns with then when I made the change on my channel, the end of 2017 is when I cut it. And it was because I was so depressed and I was so just like sick of like hating myself like I would. And at that point, still style, that wasn't a way to like reflect who I was because I didn't know who I was. And so like, I just kind of like sat down one day and I was like, what is the thing that I'm most insecure about? That like my entire life, I've always been insecure about. And it was my hair. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go for it. Like, and I, and I think that goes back to like even dressing for me feminine, that was an insecurity for me. And so sometimes, Again, not that you don't wear something because you're insecure. Sometimes it is true. And sometimes, and that's how you can figure out if you actually like the style or not, is like, why not mm. just try it? And I think that was the very first time where I actually, like, ran Sorry. <laughs> straight, oh, you're all good, ran straight into the biggest insecurity in my life. And I think it greatly shows my own growth. And, like, unfortunately, so I'm just like, maybe I should cut it. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. But, like... Now I, I really, I'm like, I, I need to, to grow it just to show that like I can grow it because now oddly it's like, I'm kind of having similar feelings with my face. It's so weird. Mental health is such a wild ride. 
we're it like really is. Now, it's not linear is it no not a hundred percent and so now i'm kind of like battling with that where it's like no you want this stop letting your like insecurity try to make rash decisions and i'm trying mm-hmm. to kind of like rework through um some insecurities but i think that's like my biggest advice for anyone that's really struggling with their confidence in any way like really doing some deep hard internal you know thinking and it's like what is the root like where is it coming from where is something that you could possibly do to like as scary as it is like go towards it almost um and I think that that definitely definitely made a difference and I think that's why then my emphasis on fashion happened because I wasn't thinking about my hair I was thinking about now clothes because my hair was I mean there wasn't much of it, you know, and it wasn't going to hide the clothes anymore. And I think mm. that's what I used for it because, I mean, I wore hair extensions that were, like, down to my belly button sometimes. So, like, it really covered oh, everything. And it it was yeah. to cover my face and my body and, like, all of that. And so, like, really having the ability to then really show the clothes is what then, like, mm-hmm. long-term has kind of, like, brought me here. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you mm-hmm, worked mm-hmm. at uh, I've had, Never 22. Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, and they were they were rude about your style, yeah. which A, obviously is very rude. B, if they had a problem with your style, why mm-hmm. did they hire you? That's what I'm trying to understand. C, do you remember how like all these cases with like Abercrombie, for example, where they would like only hire like mm-hmm, quote unquote mm-hmm good looking people mm-hmm. and stuff like that reminded me of that like did, did you did um, um never 22 when I look at that as well my my store I would say so I'm definitely like a an introvert I very much keep to myself and so I I didn't know too many people there I would say it was obviously mm. very focused on like fashion and I would say a hundred percent of everyone mm. definitely had a you know, specific body type, you could say. Um, so in that sense, very much so. And even when it came mm. to race as well, I would say it was very much like white focused. Um, but the interesting part is like, sometimes I wonder like how I got hired there based on like the way that other people dressed. It was very much like very chic. Like they had a very specific way that you know, you would put together an outfit. And I think the main manager there just really liked me for some reason. I mean, which is awesome. Like, I appreciate that she liked me. Um, But I think she just really liked me. And I think I had a positive aspect that I would say nobody else to an extent really had. I mean, I'm I'm just not, I'm just actually a very like positive person. (laughs) And I, and I think especially there and I worked in the dressing rooms and what was very interesting and I didn't know about it at this time where it was like it wasn't that people that worked in dressing rooms worked in different areas of the store I was like oh no like you stay in the dressing room and the dressing room people were a very like specific group of people um I mean I would say that you definitely were told to dress it in the clothes and and that kind of thing but what's kind of funny is out of the, because I only worked there, I think, like, 10 months or something, I ended up getting hired at a different, another retail job there. I actually, at that mall that I, that I um, worked at, I've mm. worked in three different stores there. I worked at a, 
Exactly. That's oh, why gosh, when I like then quit the my last then. job, I was like, thank God I don't <laughs> have to come back to this mall. Um, but um, it, <laughs> I feel lucky in that, like, I mean, actually, I look back at it and I feel like I unfortunately didn't have the mindset that I do now when it comes to looking at different social issues and I wish I obviously had that thinking even like early on in life when it comes to like how you look at different things I think nowadays we're much more aware of like the negative impacts of the way that people are treated specifically Mm. with like color or like size and all that um and at that point I mean I definitely was in la la land and that kind of thing but it was I would say definitely a toxic working space and the fact that like with most jobs like they don't care about you you know they really don't you're there to do a job you get the money whatever um and so like I just went there got you know made the money not the money definitely not that much money but um we ended up getting a different manager one time and like out of all the times I was there we only had one employee of the month and I was the only employee of the month like ever there (laughs) they ended up like stopping it after I left because like nobody cared enough and like which is interesting because I feel like I didn't really care either but I I think I just put a lot into like being nice to people where I don't think people were very nice to customers like now looking at it I I think you probably can relate to the fact of like how Brandy Melville customer services yeah 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 they are like actively rude there it's insane like i've only shot there like mm-hmm. once or twice uh, like back in the days where you know i didn't know about the, all that stuff um and they were just so snobby like i felt as if like i was some mm-hmm. oaf who wasn't yeah. good enough to be there and they would be really like mm. and it was like i thought you want people to buy stuff but maybe that was yeah. part of the marketing like yeah to then make you like want to want to wear the clothes and so I think there was definitely like a rudeness with a lot of employees but I think it's I mean that comes down a lot of times to like you're just trying to get a paycheck type of thing um but in the dressing room we had a training one time where it was like how to spot like shoplifters and like I look at it now where it would be like just certain things that you would probably ask somebody to like try to probe to see if they're shoplifting and like I remember going through the training and thinking in my head like I'm not gonna do that like I'm not gonna like actively try to catch somebody into in that they're shoplifting because what if they aren't shoplifting and I actually at like Plato's Closet which is kind of like a um like a resale place they like buy your clothes Mm. and sell it um some of the employees I would say give off depending on what Plato's closet you go to because it's different based on like the area you're in I think sometimes they can give off like Brandy Melville um employee vibes where like one day because I'm such an indecisive person when I thrift I mean I spend hours when I thrift even if I'm not filming like I still spend hours and I will just stand there and look at the clothes because in my head I'm thinking just like everything like how am I going to style it how am I going to do this how am I going to just like do different things with the clothes of like if I should buy it or not and I remember this employee at a Plato's closet like said that said something like that I stole earrings and I remember being like 
excuse me? And she was like, yeah, like, they're in your bag, aren't they? And I was just like, no, no, like, what is happening? And so, and weirdly, I don't, I mean, that's only, I've only been um, accused of shoplifting twice, which I've never shoplifted in my life. Um, but I've only, I've been accused twice and it's, it is the worst feeling ever. And like, obviously, you know, there's a deeper discussion when it comes to profiling and especially in the retail space, Mm, but like mm -hmm. looking back to the training, like honestly, even if somebody was shoplifting, like, I don't think I could have it in my heart to say anything because if they weren't, like, I still think about the times I had gone to like a Target and this employee followed me Mm. throughout the store because she thought I was shoplifting. And like, it was the worst feeling in the world because it's like, somebody perceives me that way like I'm not doing anything wrong I'm just like again I just stare at stuff when I shop and I just think in my head of what I'm doing and I'm sure seeing some person stare at pillows for like 25 minutes is probably a little bit weird but it's like you know I think it goes back into yeah it comes back to like positive intent and another on that of like my last job I mean there was a lot of like shoplifting involved and like there was an instance where like it was a very big you know item that was being shoplifted and like it was like the first time I had actively seen somebody do it and it was like terrifying because you're like I don't know do they have a gun do they have like you have to think of those things and again it's like at the end of the day it's a like you know put in the police report and all that but like I'm not gonna put my life in between that if like well it's funny because when you, you were know? mentioning this i was thinking alarm bells went off in my head because um i was thinking it shouldn't be on the employees um fortunately i mean i've not i've not really 100%. worked in clothes that i don't much, but i've mainly worked in like food but even then mm-hmm. it's like uh most companies my uh, that i've worked out or friends work out it's like they i can't remember where, where it was where i worked but like specific maybe it was like an art shop I don't know, there's been so many retail jobs, but I remember the manager specifically saying, do not go after shoplifters. It's not worth it. Your safety comes first. That's on security. Like, that is their job. That's not your job. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, like, that's not your job. And also, it's just, like, it's a contradiction to say, give, you know, world-class customer service, make each customer feel special, but then Mm -hmm. potentially falsely accuse someone of shoplifting. Like, they're never going to feel welcome. A hundred percent. And I think there's, there's so many, I mean, again, even if the person was shoplifting, like I just, again, number one, I did not get paid enough. Number two, like they are doing it. They're doing it for what, for whatever reason. And I'm not, I'm definitely not pro shoplifting or anything, but like, I'm just a little retail employee. Like that is not my like business. I can do anything I can to feel someone to have someone feel welcome and hopefully feel like they wouldn't want to shoplift but at the end of the day like that's not really it's not even about I guess my problem and kind of yeah yeah a hundred percent and you kind of look at it of like you know if it's a a small business obviously that's a different story Mm. but like you're talking about big businesses where it's like if I could die mm, I think you can handle you know taking off like one item you know like there, there's so many with that. And I feel like for anyone that's like shot or anyone that's like worked retail, like there's just so many 
weird things within it. Like I've worked at two food places, not like proper restaurants. I don't think I could ever work at a restaurant. Um, just of like people feeling entitled. And I think people feel entitled at any place you work mm. at, to be honest. And even on YouTube, I would say people feel entitled to comment mm. certain things. But especially when it comes to like clothes and all that, like it just can be such a ruthless job. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just here. The I mean, even the company doesn't really care about me. I'm just like a small little piece of sand in like exactly. this beach, you know? I mean, that's that's always why they say like the biggest red flag on a date or when you meet someone is if how they treat customer service workers. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. I think it says oh, a lot about 100%. a person. That I understand everyone has bad days. So, you know, someone might sort of just be a bit grumpy. Mm -hmm. But there's there's being a bit grumpy in general. And then there's being actively rude to someone in customer service. I just, it just says volumes about a person. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, uh, you know, we've we've had it a lot. Like, um, you know, just from being in customer service. I've got to say, I don't miss oh, it. Yeah. Especially as a people pleaser. It's no, just the worst feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I think that I and I, which is so ironic because you would think like, oh, like in working customer service, like to an extent, you're never gonna make everyone happy. So you, I would think I would take that aspect and bring it to YouTube, um, because the any type of mean comment I get on YouTube, like a really mean comment, I most likely have actually been told it to my face. Um, the previous job I worked at, like the things that people would say. To, to you, like, I had this, like, one person where I said something of, like, oh, if so-and-so, like, this specific thing for you, if it applies to you, then you can do this. And because I said if, it made her feel that I didn't think she was, that she was able to do it or something like that. And she just snapped and she she screamed in my face. She got my manager. She was like, you need to, to fire her right on the spot. It was just like, oh my. And like, she made me cry. Oh like, Jesus. I think about that, that day, like all the time, unfortunately. But like, I mean, you literally, no matter I think what retail job you have, as small or as big as it is, like you literally get the worst out of people. Um, and so then it's like, when people say like, oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say something that you're commenting like to someone's face and it's like oh, oh no, no people do would. oh people yes, do would. do that yeah <laughs> they probably yeah they it's probably so do bizarre. as well i yeah. i don't know if you've have you ever been in a in a situation where somebody that you were with was rude to a customer service person that was like out of line and like you have a weird i mean yeah. i feel like most people would say no if they Nothing like springs you know. to mind i mean i've had situations where i've been with someone who um, is, uh, they have said something which they didn't mean to come off as rude, but like the, the person was offended mm -hmm. and because they're like very icy person yeah. in general, like that's just how they speak. Mm -hmm. Like say if you're someone who's just, I don't know, I don't know, you, you know what I mean? Some people are just quite icy. They, they have a rest, mm -hmm. a resting bitch face. Like, mm -hmm. um, and I've sort of mm -hmm. said, you know, to the person like, oh, don't worry, that's just how they speak. Like, it's not, you're, you're great. You're doing great. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I've said that. Or like, mm -hmm. if I've been having like a grumpy day, I'll be like, by the way, I'm just like, I've had four hours sleep. You're great. It's not like, sorry if I, I'm just, mm -hmm. blah. <laughs> like, you know. 
And I, I think when people like take out the person, like, cause anytime I know for myself, I've been frustrated on the phone with a specific issue. If I am potentially coming off rude, I always say like, obviously this is not your fault. Like, obviously, cause people sometimes take it as whoever they're talking to, number one can like make a difference. Like you telling me a complaint about the company that is so upper level, like I don't get paid no. enough to even be a part no. of that like conversation. So like you telling me isn't going to do anything. Like, so you're really just venting to me, I guess. And um, I think when people take that out of like, I understand that it's not you and I'm, I'm so sorry of like, that I'm throwing this on you because it's not your fault. Um, but like, obviously it's a, a frustrated situation. Um, I had, I was with someone someplace. I can't say like too much because <laughs> just for, you know, privacy reasons. Uh, but I was with someone at some place and I'm not really friends with this person anymore, but they, it was something like the, the employee was making us wait and other people were going ahead of us or something. And the person I was with took that as like, they hate us or something or just like, personal. I don't know what happened, but they took it. And, and like, I'm sure the employee, it was based on like what the company told her to do of like, okay, these people need to go first then these people. And like, you know, there's so many different systems, like with a restaurant, like, yeah, you have a party of six that was there first, but the party of two is going to go before you because there's exactly. a table for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like there's that a, there's always, almost always a reason, um, right? Yeah. And so like, but they took it as like, it is a like thing against them and like, they literally did the whole like I want to speak to your manager type of thing and like I I think it was the first time that had already it had ever happened to me because I was always on the like the other side of receiving it that then I was like oh my god people do this like people I know do this and yeah. like it was I feel so bad because I I didn't speak up because I was so shocked that the person I was yeah, with would do something like that. And again, like, I'm not friends with them anymore. But like, it just it, it is crazy that I mean, even right now, there's probably someone yelling at a like retail employee about something that wasn't <laughs> their fault. Oh, God, isn't that depressing? Mm -hmm. One of my weirdest ones was, um, yeah, <laughs> I used to work at a theater. And I was like, you know how at the mm. theater in the intervals, you, you can buy ice creams and programs and stuff. Um, mm. they, it was like a really busy Saturday night, hot day. So like we'd run out of ice creams because like we got it from like a little independent business down the road. And um, this lady mm. comes up and she's like, hi, can I buy an ice cream? And I'd just been told by my manager we'd run out. And I was like, I'm really sorry, we just ran out. And she lost her shit oh my god she was like this is ridiculous you are incompetent how could you run out of ice creams knowing that we would all want ice cream and then she ended the speech being like you suck your management suck and then she walked away like in a huff and then there was just this tiny boy behind her and he was like hi can i buy a program and i was like on the verge of tears and i was like sure you can little little tyke like was, and I was just like what did someone just scream at me over ice cream I was just like what is this what is this I'm not paid enough to deal with this shit like yeah and it was just the most bizarre I feel thing. like yeah 
Well, and it's like the things that like set people off, (laughs) especially I think the more the more retail jobs you do, the more you realize how much people get attached to things that don't matter. I worked at, again, a very popular coffee shop place um, that is everywhere. Um, I only lasted three months. Yeah, I, coffee places I was just look like, fucking heck no, horrible like, to work the, at. They look horrendous. The, wor- the worst thing ever. Like, I have never... <laughs> serious... I don't know how they do it. Um, and you, you literally just realize that, like... And I get it. You need your coffee. I get it. I drink coffee every day. I drink multiple cups of coffee. <laughs> but, like, I can't... I can't make the line go faster. Because you are here at a specific time in a rush and everyone else's and so like we're all in this thing together i mean i feel like that's the same thing even with covid Mm. like we're all in this together let's all just like be nice to one another and i feel like nowadays like i quit my last retail job six months i would say before covid happened and i'm so thankful that i did because through the pandemic i would have never like I mean, I would have quit. I would have quit anyway. But, like, I would have never, like, been able to handle that. Because, like, I am just not... It's kind of the same thing. Like, being the person to tell someone what they don't want to hear. Like, you know it's going to set them off. And, like, that is just terrifying. And where I used to work, you were taught that you need... You, not the management, you need to diffuse the situation and so it's up to you to bring them down. And it's like, some people are not going to be brought down. No. They are also, definitely not going to be brought down. And like actively trying to piss them off. They believe that you're doing something because, I don't know, for some reason. Why would they want to listen mm-hmm. to you? That's what I never got. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, get the manager because the manager, A, is like, a, have yeah. dealt with this before. And B, like, they're a different person. They're an outside. They're like a third party. So... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no it's yeah glad to be doing youtube yeah, exactly. <laughs> with all the that's, that's the beauty cons and pros and cons yeah, that's you the know. beauty of it yes we might get it, it much more frequently but we can filter mm-hmm. it out um yeah yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent there will there will never be a day where it's like I look at YouTube the same way I look at a retail job. Like it's it's one hundred percent different, and like so privileged, so blessed, exactly. so lucky to not be like doing that because obviously there's a way to like you said filter it out. Like I can just turn off my computer, you know. Like yes, I may not get sick pay and insurance in America, um, and a lot of other you know a lot of other things, but like you know. There are the pros within it, you know? Exactly. The pros far outweigh the cons enormously. Like, if I could tell my old little retail Mm -hmm. self when I was, like, (laughs) crying because some Karen was fucking... She she was, like, getting withdrawals from a lack of ice cream. She wanted her ice cream! If I could just say to her... There, there, little little Tara, you will eventually not have to deal with her anymore. And... Or the worst mm-hmm. the worst you'll have to deal with is just men insulting your gap tooth um which i find kind of funny because it's like they say it like it's an insult they'll be like you have a gap tooth and i'm like i like it so you pointing it out is actually not doing anything yeah. so 
do you do you ever find like I only started doing it like two years ago mm. um you can like block certain yes. words and anytime I block a word I always look at it and it's like this is such an obscure obscure word that I have to block yes like that's so weird yeah. that I have to I um I block the word orange because people talk about because I, I tan very easily um and people a lot of times assume that I fake tan and I don't I used to of course like years ago because I thought like ooh like I'll fake tan but um I I naturally tan very fast I have like Italian and like a little bit of Indonesian in me um and people always just assume it's fake and so I, I would get comments being like, you're so orange, your skin is so gross. And so like, I have orange, tan and skin blocked. And it's just, it's so weird. It's like anytime something new comes up that I have to put on it, it's like, yeah, really? no, I mean, honestly, some of the most random things um, I will. And it's really hard sometimes because sometimes the comments you get on like it's not even the words it's the sentiment mm -hmm. I did a video essay on like the whole pick me girl meme and like people would because there was a section all about essay sexual assault people would talk about their experiences and then you just, just get horrible mm -hmm. trolls replying like victim blaming them and it what they weren't even like saying slurs or like bad words pejoratives or anything they were just saying like mm -hmm. well you shouldn't you were there bleh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, how the fuck do I stop this? You know what I mean? That's the, I think that's the most frustrating because it's like, you just can't stop people being mm -hmm. dicks. <laughs> you really well, can't. And I, it's very I think when it comes to comments, um, like I used yeah. to, and I, I still do, I still look at every comment. Sometimes not the best idea. Again, I don't get the most terrible comments, but like when you're not in the right place that, you know, yeah. in the right mind, like they can just hit you a certain way. And like, I used oh, to yeah. reply to every single comment, oh, God, yeah. like every single comment, DM, everything. And I, it got to a point where I was yeah. like, oh my God, like I have to step away. And like, now I, I can't do that, unfortunately. Um, and it's like sad because like, obviously you want to talk to people, you want to hear their, you know, different ideas, but like, and I'm sure also specifically mm. with commentary, like I, I can't even imagine. Like, I feel like my little mean comments are nothing compared to probably what you receive. And it's like, it's hard because you want to obviously see people's, you know, in a nice way, their opinions, and maybe it's something different that you didn't think about. Um, but it just, you know, gets to a point where you're just like, I don't even want to look at the comments. And I feel like that's always sad when it has to shift to that. And so I mean, it's just really sad when you have to shift it. I mean, it's, sometimes you're like oh well I'm growing like that's cool but like you're like oh I I miss the like days of to an extent like being able to look at every single one and like feeling amazing I mean I guess that's more of like wanting to just hear people that think you're amazing but um yeah I can't imagine probably sh shifting through that or like going through it and trying to not let it get to you but then also still Ooh. being open to certain things Exactly. I mean, I have a little rule with myself that I only look at the comments for the first 48 hours because then A, it's the people that are actively engaged with your work and B, it's kind of before the people that hate you come in. Um, mm -hmm. And like there'll still be criticism. So it's not like I'm trying to like only see good comments, mm -hmm. but 
I feel like they're all good faith comments. Mm -hmm. Like the criticisms that people are commenting, they're saying it in good faith. They're saying it because they genuinely believe it, not just to be mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like saying, yeah. I don't agree with this part of your video because X is different from you're really ugly and I want to kick you. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like there's, there's a difference. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, um, that's a kind of little rule I have with myself. Sometimes if I'm feeling really self sabotage I will look through my comments and then I learn every time. <laughs> no, don't do that. That you're just doing that because you're in a mood to be mean to yourself and it's not healthy. So mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. I always like my heart starts, start, starts like beating and I'm like, I need, I need to defend myself. I need to like do all this. And I did, yeah. I did that once and it ended up turning into just like a back and forth of like the exactly. person just taking things of what I said in one comment and then using it against me. And I was like, oh, this is a lesson. <laughs> do not reply. <laughs> like just exactly. don't just disengage because at the end of the you day, never like have the last word. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like, not even worth it. They can believe whatever they want. I hope they tell their friends and family how they said something, you know, horrible to this girl on the internet, you know? That's the thing I find weird as well. Like before I did YouTube, I never really commented. Mm -hmm. Or if I did, it would always be like a joke comment. Like I would never, if I didn't like something, I would just not watch it or move yeah. on or like it weird. Like a, I understand like there's like a normal yeah. thing. <laughs> Right. Like, I understand if someone's been, like, really bad, like, someone's, like, actively being, you know, yeah. one of the ists, I yeah. ISTs, then, yeah, like, you know. But even then, I'm like, it's not worth me saying it to them. Mm -hmm. I would just mm -hmm. say to other people, hey, don't watch their content. They're mm -hmm. shitty. Um, because saying it to them, it's not really, they're not going to, you know. Yeah. So. Uh -huh. And especially, like, I, if I, I have never even, like, I think thumbs down a video before as well. Like there have been moments where I'm like, should I? But then I'm also like, a lot of people have already thumbs down this specific video for a very specific problematic thing. And like, I just feel like I'm at a point where it's like, I know I'm, I'm not gonna make a difference with that. And like, I think you have to pick and choose. And like, if you mm. really, and I think that's why then like commentary comes in if somebody is really making something very problematic and like it needs to be called out in a, to an extent, a respectful way, depending on what the situation is. Like, I think there is yeah, something great about that of like, I feel like somebody would be to an extent more willing to like, maybe listen to someone in video that has a different opinion that if your opinion is so problematic versus like someone that just comments. You know, especially when yes. people receive such terrible comments, they already are like shut off, you know? Remember when response videos were a thing on YouTube? Do you remember that? So like, I remember like seeing them. That was definitely like, I wasn't too much into it, but I, and I remember like watching other videos where they would like talk about it. And that's, that's like wild to me. Like if that was yeah. still a thing. And for people listening who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not saying like, hi, I'm making a video commenting on this person. It was literally a feature built into YouTube where if someone had a video, you could click and like post a response and then that would come under original video. So like that person would know. I mean, I'm sure they really mm -hmm. big YouTubers got loads of response videos, but yeah. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? Like I'm kind of glad they got rid of that because I think honestly- Especially it, now. 
yeah it would just turn I'm sure it did turn very toxic very quickly um Mm -hmm. yeah so and I think also it would just be a way for people to just try and get like 15 minutes of fame they'll be like I'll just post a response video saying you know and it's like well would you be posting this otherwise you know so yeah a hundred percent it's it's interesting to see the evolution within YouTube and even I think Mm. we're seeing it right now with like Mm shorts youtube shorts even like community posts and youtube stories i think they call it like the evolution of like thinking we obviously are yeah very much like which okay unpopular opinion i do not know why can't certain apps just do certain things like why do they have to be everything like i mean obviously the answer is money Yeah, yeah and it's like that's the beauty in it of like, I mean, that's why there's different stores. There's different things. I mean, every single thing I think, I mean, we're taught, especially on YouTube to have a niche. Why can't they stay in their niche? Like, why do they have to expand? And it's money, obviously, but it's just like, it's, I feel like we're getting to a point where it's just like every single app is going to do the same thing. And it's like, I mean, maybe that's a a good thing of like, then some people, because I know some people prefer Instagram or YouTube or TikTok and maybe then they can do everything there but I feel like there's something beautiful about having even a different audience within each platform because exactly. it's like you're able yeah. to engage in different ways and do have you find your um, Instagram audiences different to your YouTube or are they mostly kind of crossover I would say like on YouTube I definitely have a lot of people that don't follow me on Instagram just from like questions I've asked um and they just solely watch me on youtube on instagram i think it is very much like if they follow me on instagram they most likely watch me on youtube just based on the fact that i don't i don't post a lot (laughs) instagram Mm. like is i mean the people that are just on it like i and that goes back to like i think we had talked about when we were filming like scheduling and all that i don't Mm. know how people do it of like take instagram posts do Instagram reels or TikToks or anything like that and they are just so on it I just I mainly just use Instagram stories for fun and it's like just another way to I guess like fill in the gaps of like when I am not doing a YouTube video um and so I'm sure if I put in more effort then I probably would have like better engagement within Instagram as a platform but like I'm just tired like especially worth nah especially with fashion I feel like that goes back into like oh I need to have original things creative things I don't want to show the same item you know twice I've already showed it in a YouTube video I don't want to show it on Instagram and it's like that's just too much like I just want to I just want it for fun you know I think but then that's why like I don't really post that much because it's just it's too much pressure for me mentally Mm. to handle it so it's like I'm just going to put that on the back burner, you know, and I'm just going to like, yeah, exactly. Focus on YouTube, do my YouTube. But at the same time, like I, and I feel like it's maybe different with commentary when it comes to like YouTube shorts and like that, um, introduction to that. that. (laughs) I've never used it yet. And like, I just keep going back and forth because I'm like, should I, like, I don't have TikTok. I've never downloaded TikTok. I like pride myself in a very weird way. It terrifies me. It is like, it's like this weird flex where you're like, I've never like had it. But then I'm also like, should I like, should I have ever like downloaded it? Like, am I missing something? But I feel like now, like at this point, it's like, 
it's so far gone into something else where it's like, it's okay. Like, I'm okay. I don't need it. Um, but like, you look at it and you're like, should I be doing that? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And with the introduction on YouTube, it's like, is that going to be the new thing where people don't want to watch 20 minute videos? You know? Yeah, like, honestly, you know, I don't see it taking off. I think it's going to be like the thing on Twitter. You know, they I think they were called fleets and they were like stories and they didn't last mm -hmm. very long. I think it's going to be like that <laughs> because the YouTube algorithm literally favors longer content at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I honestly think they're just trying to like, you know, do Stay be like everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I, d I just don't think it's going to cotton on. Like you say, people like apps for very specific things. Mm -hmm. And I actually think them trying to be everything doesn't work or it hasn't worked mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. recent instances. And I just hope they mm -hmm. learn that. Like when Instagram tried mm -hmm. to be a shopping app, leave us alone. Stop trying to make me buy uh, things. It, just, it is so annoying. And like, I understand because I know a lot of small businesses like, you know yeah. use it sometimes but like I don't if I see a small business on Instagram which I have you know found especially because I'm looking you'll for, then like, go on their website right yeah and so like literally I look it up and then I just go to my computer and I input the website and then I go to it exactly. it's like I just don't you know and I know some even like specific apps for certain websites um even like thrifting websites and stuff like Depop is like the most that I'll do it on my phone just because they don't have a good like interface on no, the computer. But other than that, like it just like and it goes back to where I'm like, is it am I showing my age? Is it because like <laughs> I just prefer it like that? Is this what people do? And like, but then I'm like, eh, it's all preference at the end of the day. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. I think, you know, like if that's how people like to shop, fair, fair dues. Um, I think, and again, maybe I am sounding a bit like a grandma, but I think I'd feel a bit yeah. dodgy buying something on Instagram. I don't know. I'm like, I'm worried about them leaking shit. I don't trust Facebook. Well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And like, I, um, I think for, and I, I don't know if it's like Instagram for like everyone or something, but like how you can mm. make money from like IGTVs now. Have you seen that? Oh, um, no. Yeah, there's like a pop-up that came Ooh. up, but it's like, it asks for your, I don't, in the UK, do they have social security like numbers and like. Not really, kind of no, no. Well, like, um, I mean, it's like, obviously like a big thing, especially with like identity yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, obviously if you're, if you're setting up a bank, like you use it and that kind of thing. And like Instagram requires that to then get paid. And it's like, I get it with like certain things, but then I'm also like. I don't trust Instagram. So like, I'm not trying steal to be, that, surely. Yeah, I'm not trying to be like conspiracy theory or anything like that, but it's like, I don't like Facebook either. So like, why would I want to? I mean, they already have my email. Like, I feel like that's enough that they need to know about me. Like, right, I feel like I don't yeah. want to. And that goes back into where it's like, that's great for Instagram influencers. Like, because I know a lot of people it may not translate the same thing going from Instagram to YouTube. And so it's like, mm. yeah, for them, like that probably totally makes sense. Um, but for me, I'm just like, nope, I'll just, again, have two different things. Like it's just easier for my mind and like my stuff uh, to not even like mix all of them. Exactly. No, exactly. Um, yeah, no.
I mean, maybe I am just being paranoid, but I don't know. I feel like it's kind of also it's just remembering too many passwords. Uh, just oh yeah, oh I am just my um my husband is like when we first met, like he just would look at my passwords and like shake his head because he's so just like on that kind of stuff of like technology and that kind of thing that like he Stronger just shook his put, yeah. head and like now now <laughs> I use something very specific to come up with like better passwords because the, and the ones password I manager, used to yeah, use yeah, yeah. like like even talking to my mom of like I mean she's changed now but in the beginning it was like oh like you shouldn't do the same password for anything like that's not a good mm. idea and she was like but then I'll forget it and it's like <laughs> that's true and it's is it better for you to have something that you won't forget um again where I used to work um there was a lot of people that would come in older that did not know their passwords to something very specific and I I cannot tell you just like that process of like I am so happy that I never get asked that question to help somebody with their password because it would just be like I mean, it would take hours sometimes. And it's like, you know, a lot of times we weren't supposed to do that. But it's like when there's an older customer coming in, they don't have a computer at home. They don't have anyone to help them. No. I feel so bad, you know, like I want to help them. But then it's just like, oh, my God, the things that people press on and do and like just like passwords. And they're like, well, why don't you know my password? And it's like. Why would I know your password? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe they think it's like, you know, I don't know. Went back There's in the like day a, a when you had everything on like an yeah. Excel sheet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, bless them. Bless their hearts. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. This has been delightful. Um, it was. Wanna... I feel like the time yeah. has just like gone so fast. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking like, God, I should really make dinner. Um because it's uh, oh, yeah. evening for me. You're you're starting your day. Um, as we were talking about, I don't know if this is in the pod, but when we first started chatting, you were saying you're a morning person, and uh, that's a very good thing. And I want to be more <laughs> a morning person. Um, so, do you want to plug your pluggables? Do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Yeah. So I'm very lucky that my all my social media handles are all the same. It's just Alexa Good, Sunshine yeah. 83. And I just use Instagram and YouTube. I deleted my Twitter uh, a couple months back just because I was like, I'm okay. I don't Twitter's need that. terrifying. Um, so yeah, just. I would encourage everyone really to. Is. Wait, no, I probably shouldn't say that because they might see yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, be on it less, if you could say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alexa Sunshine 83 um on that I upload every Sundays and Wednesdays and then on Instagram I just put up anything I want (laughs) sometimes I put up a lot sometimes I don't you'll probably at least see a photo of a cat that's usually what I want that's (laughs) worth it just for that even if it's only like a hundred percent that's like the only thing that I'm really happy about Instagram reels is everyone has taken their cat TikToks and put them on Instagram. Like that has truly brought Which is me all so a person joy. could ask for. A hundred percent. I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, cat influencers are definitely the best. <laughs> oh, they really are. Oh, there's a cat I'll send you after this. Uh, who's very stylish. <gasps> Please. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. So do you want to do together the whole bye-bye, bye-bye now to the camera? You know, the mm-hmm, Toy Story mm-hmm. thing I do at the end of my, mm-hmm. you know, the one, you know, the one. Okay. Shall we do mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. in... Three, two, one, bye-bye. 
Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>